Jesus died that death that you must not face alone. Jesus rose in glory to give you the gift of new life with him forever. So may you know what it is to be loved that way by God in Jesus. And as he forgives you, may he so pour his Holy Spirit in you that he gives you grace simply to love him back, to love all that he has made and to care for this beautiful world he's given you as a gift. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, receive the forgiveness of God in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to ask the question, what happens after the shepherds have gone back to their hills, after the wise travelers had traveled back to where they were, actually after Mary and Joseph had settled down to start with in Bethlehem and then ended up back in Nazareth. And over those next few days, there were all sorts of things that happened that perhaps we don't know about. All sorts of things that aren't written down yet in the Bible, all sorts of things that will have just gone on. Uh, but one of the things that happened actually, that we're about a month early for, that really we should be celebrating in February, but we're going to think a little bit about now, um, is recorded in Luke chapter 2. And in a moment, we're going to have a look at it together. But first, there are some clues that we need to collect. And so um, if you're of a younger disposition, some of the children here, um, and Ian, um, you're very, I've only got, this is my last Sunday, to give Ian a nudge in the ribs today. Sorry, mate. Um, it's good to be called of younger disposition. That's a compliment. Um, uh, you need to go and collect something. So what you'll see around the place is that on the windowsills um, are three things. Uh, there are some Christmas decorations. There is some greenery. And there are some candles. Now, just before you go running off, the candles are sitting in some little glass jars. So if you pick up a candle, pick up the glass thing it's in too. Um, if you want a piece of the greenery, if you want a piece of the sort of um, green branches, don't just pull it off because you'll probably pull off, I don't know, a Christmas bauble and a candle at the same time. Um, and um, if you fancy one of the baubles, just carry them carefully. <laughs> Liz is standing here like this. It's great. You know, it's fine. Liz is our children's team leader, so she's doing the health and safety at this point. So, it's all good. So, uh, parents, you're welcome to go with them. But children, you need to get at least a couple of things. So maybe a candle and a Christmas decoration or something green and a candle. Um, and if there's not enough Christmas decorations there, there's some on the tree as well. Pick them up, take them back to your seat. Go. Good. So Rob's looking after that windowsill. I hold you personally responsible. Very good. Look, there's plenty of windowsills over here, so you need... You, very, you at least need something like a candle or maybe a Christmas decoration on both. See, all, all safe and sound. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Fantastic. Look, there's more candles over there. Not the lit ones, can I just say? We'll leave the lit ones where they are. Fantastic. So just get a couple of things and take them back to your seat. There you go. You can get something off the tree if you want, as long as the tree doesn't come with it. There you go. They've all got to come off there anyway, so... Fantastic. Fantastic. I suppose I ought to have one as well. Here we go. Whoops. Right. Here we go. Have a sit down. Have a sit down. We don't really have space up the front here today, but we'll, if you have a sit down where you are, we're going to have our reading and these clues are going to help us think a little bit about what's important or some of the things that are important 
over the next few days and weeks and months and years of Jesus' life. Let's have a look at the reading. The reading is taken from Luke chapter 2. Isn't it, Phil? There we are. Um, and uh, this happens. There you go. Where's it gone? It's there. Um, so Luke chapter 2, verse 22. And uh, let me read the first bit for you, and then we'll read the next bit all together. At that time, uh, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And it says at that time, at that time was about 40 days. That's a month and a bit after Jesus was born. I'm sure I've seen Harry in church today. How old's Harry now? Harry Arthur? Two weeks, okay. So Harry Arthur, if you haven't said congratulations to Kate and Tom and co, um, Harry Arthur is just there. He's only two weeks old. So to go forward about another three weeks on, and that's the point at which Mary and Joseph would have taken baby Jesus and they'd have done what every other Jewish set of parents would have done with their firstborn boy. They'd have taken him uh, to the temple and they'd have gone to make the purification rites. In other words, they'd have gone and made a little sacrifice to God as a way of symbolizing that their firstborn, like all their children, was a gift from God. And as they sort of in a sense, gave their gift back to God. It was a way of saying, do you know, all that we have comes from you, and all that we have, our very lives and our children belong to you. They'd have done the same as every other Jewish family would have done. It was really ordinary. It's just a thing that everybody would have been doing. And at that time, there was somebody called Simeon. And it says the Holy Spirit was upon him and had shown him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And Messiah means the set-apart one, the special one, the anointed one, the one that God had said, he's the one who's going to do a special job for me. And that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying this. Let's say this together. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed what was being said about them, about him. And then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Here's the first clue. It's just a branch, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing particularly special about this. This is a a pine branch, and it's an evergreen, isn't it? I mean, it's been cut for a long time, and it's going to still be like that probably in a few weeks' time. It will eventually go brown, and the bits will fall off it, but this is just a very ordinary branch. It doesn't look particularly Christmassy in itself. But one of the reasons that we put it up is for nice colour. turns our windowsills green and pretty, but it's also part of a way of bringing something very ordinary into church at Christmas. Something that is something we'd see all the year round. You might see one of these in your garden. It might form part of a hedge. You might see it at the park. 
It's an ordinary, everyday thing. It becomes special when you decorate it like a Christmas tree, doesn't it? Or when you put candles among it. But in itself, it's very ordinary. And the first thing we see about Jesus' life is that actually it looked very ordinary. When Jesus was born, this bit wasn't ordinary, was it? He had shepherds visiting him and the wise travelers bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh. But, you know, for the next few years, most of what he did seemed very ordinary to people. He had friends, he ate food, he slept, he woke up, he learned how to read and write, he learned about God, he learned and began to learn a bit more of who he was. He lived an ordinary life, God with us, fully God, but actually fully human too, ordinary in the sense of being fully like us. So we mustn't lose track as we enjoy Christmas of the fact this Jesus lived a life like you and I did. He knows what it's like to live the sort of year that you and I are going to live through. We don't know what 2019 holds, and lots of it will be, whisper it quietly, a bit ordinary. Just ordinary stuff. I'm afraid you've still got to go to school in January. I know, it's tough. Some of us have still got to go to work in January. Some of us are still going to be living in the same house or eating the same food or being with the same friends. There's lots of it that's very ordinary, but God is with us in the midst of the very ordinary stuff of life. But then we learn something extraordinary about Jesus. Hold up your Christmas decoration. Anybody find a nice Christmas decoration? Fantastic. Now, these are meant to be extraordinary, special, Different. Look at our beautiful tree, all decorated with them. Has anybody still got the decorations up at home? Yes. Delighted to see them. Delighted to see you. You've got weeks left. Weeks left. Weeks left. So, the decorations are to remind us that this Jesus was special. Simeon calls him the Messiah. And the Messiah meant the one set apart by God, the one chosen by God, the one anointed by God the one who'd come to do something no one else could do, the one come to rescue us. See, this Jesus didn't stay a baby. This Jesus grew up, and as he grew up, he stepped more and more into what other people could see was a special life, doing things that nobody else could do, saying things that nobody else had the right to say, doing God's work, speaking God's words, being God with us, his Messiah, his anointed one, the one come to rescue. So whenever you see the decorations, and when you're taking them down in the next few days or the next few weeks, and you're putting them carefully in the box, they're meant to make us go, wow, because Jesus wasn't just ordinary. He was God's Messiah, God's anointed one. And one of the ways that Simeon talks about Jesus being special, being anointed, has to do with our third clue. Who, who found a candle? Hold up your candle for me. Fantastic. We've got, a, I, I couldn't resist lighting them one last time, our Advent candles. I know we're past Christmas now. But one of the many reasons that we light candles in church, it's not just because they're pretty, though they are. It's not just because lighting a candle does something to a room like nothing else does. Remind us of Jesus come as light light to the world. And Simeon recognizes that Jesus has come to bring light, not just to his people, God's Old Testament people, ancient Israel, but a light to the nations, a light to everyone. 
That's one of the reasons that I love the fact that in All Souls, when we do Christmas, we do it full-on candle style. There's candles everywhere. When we light all the candles, there's way over 100 candles lit in church. And it's not just because we light candles, though we do. It's to remind us that Jesus came as an ordinary baby into an ordinary world and an ordinary time to ordinary parents, but he came as God's one-off, his Messiah, his rescuer, his light, come into a dark world. There is one more clue. We've had the clue of our evergreen branch to remind us of ordinary life. We've had the clue of our beautiful Christmas decorations to remind us of Jesus, that extraordinary Messiah. We've got the clue of our candle, Jesus, light of the world. But our final clue is here on my table. Because here on our special table, we have bread and we have wine. It always feels a bit strange on one level having communion at Christmas. We're thinking of Jesus, the baby born for us. And suddenly we're thinking about his death. We're thinking about Easter. But Simeon does the same. When Simeon talks to Mary, he says, a sword will pierce your soul too. He warns her that in amongst all the glory of seeing Jesus live for others, she will also see him die for others. Because that's what he'd come to do, to live for us, to die for us, and to rise for us. That's really good news. Not just good news for Christmas. We're going to be thinking about, I mean, this is slightly scary fact, that in about two weeks' time, John and I will be sitting down and planning next year's Christmas services. At least we'll be deciding what dates we put different things on. We're going to be thinking about Christmas in January. And we'll start doing some proper planning for them in July. And we'll get really going on in them in September. And then this time next year, we'll have done Christmas all over again. But it's not just about waiting for next Christmas. Nor is it even about the fact that Tesco's in St. Margaret's already has Easter eggs out. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Anyway, it's actually the fact that every day of every year we remember Jesus born for us, Jesus living for us, Jesus dying for us, Jesus risen for us. The ordinary baby born as an extraordinary one-off, the Messiah, God come to be with us, living for us, dying for us, rising again for us.